0: Happy New Year once again. I hope everybody is refreshed and relaxed from Christmas break and New Year's. Uh, And if you're anything like me, you are not at all refreshed and relaxed from that break, but you are refreshed and relaxed from the first week of your kids being back in school uh, and not having to parent them 24-7, which is what my wife and I did over winter break. Uh, Do we love our kids? Yes. Is 17 days at home. Or away, uh, directly involved with your kids on a 24 7 basis, too much for us, also, yes. Uh, so <laughs> I've been excited to be back in the office this week, have the kids back in school, have activities be starting back up again. I'm sure that there's a time that we'll look back on this and miss it. <laughs> uh, but for right now, we are excited to have, you know, kind of a little bit of a break from them, <laughs> at least during the middle of the day. So this episode will be a breakdown of what we did uh, a couple of weeks ago in the law firm when we did our fourth annual uh, retreat with uh, our EOS implementer. So new EOS implementer, our first retreat with him, actually, but our fourth retreat overall, we've been running on EOS, the traction system for four years. I'll give you a little breakdown inside baseball of what those two days look like for the leadership team. And then some real inside baseball on where the law firm is growing and going in the next three years. So stay tuned. Welcome to Time Freedom for Lawyers, where the goal is to become less busy, make more money, and spend more time doing what you want instead of what you have to. Bringing together guests from all walks of life who are living a life of their own design and sharing actionable tips. For how you too can live the life of your dreams. Now, here's your host, Brian Glass. Hey, so if this is your first time ever listening to this podcast, uh, number one, thank you. Uh, Number two, I hope you like it. Uh, And number three, let me kind of reintroduce who I am and what we're doing here. So my name is Brian Glass, I'm a personal injury lawyer in Fairfax, Virginia. And I've been with my dad's firm now for about four years, having practiced at a separate firm across town for the first decade of my career. Hey, so welcome back to the podcast. If this is your first time here and it's not a welcome back, let me kind of introduce myself. I'm Brian Glass. I'm a personal injury lawyer in Fairfax, Virginia, and I've been practicing with my dad now for the last four years after having practiced across town for the first 10 or 11 years of my career. This podcast is my own attempt to document my journey towards financial freedom and through financial freedom. And a lot of times we touch on things that I think are helpful to all kinds of businesses. So this one in particular will be about things that we're doing in the law firm to grow revenue, to grow profit, and to make this a great place for people to work. One of our chief aims at our law firm is to build the greatest place that any of our employees have ever worked at. One of the tools that's been incredibly helpful for us as we build this great company has been a tool called EOS, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Uh, It's founded by a guy named Gino Wickman and um, kind of written down in a book called Traction. There's a couple of other books in what they call the EOS library, Get a Grip, What the Heck is EOS, Um, uh, Living the EOS Life. There's a whole bunch of them now. But really, when you boil them down, it's about uh, authentically laying out what the goals are for your organization, making sure that everybody, number one, who's on your leadership team has clarity on those goals, is aligned with those goals, is working towards those goals, and has a healthy level of conflict as as we get clarity on what the goal is that everybody wants to achieve. And so it starts then with the leadership team, but it filters down through the rest of the organization Um, to hiring, training, and firing to things like core values, um, goals, vision, and leadership. And so as we've been on this journey, we've had an implementer who we pay a healthy amount of money to come in five days a year and run our meetings for us. I've had people ask, "Can, can you do this on your own? Can you just buy the books and run the meetings? I think that would be very, very hard. One of the great things about having an implementer come in and run the meetings for you is that you have somebody when energy gets low or where there's conflict who's able to redirect the conversation. I think it's especially um, healthy and helpful in organizations where you have a strong leader at the top who people who are not that leader might have a hard time having conflict or expressing disagreement with his opinions if he were actually running the meeting. Um, but when you have an implementer who effectively is a moderator and an expert in the system in the room to help you run the meetings, they go much, much, much better. So what I want to do over the next couple of minutes is give you an overview of what happens at one of these two-day meetings and then get into the outcome of ours. So day one is really, really high-level stuff um, in that you're focused almost entirely on team health, on having healthy conflict within the team, getting to know each other a little bit better and things like that. And then focused on clear vision. So you start the day usually by checking in, like what are the best three business things? And you go around the room individually and, and you make our list and then we go and share them. What's the best three business things that happened to you this year? What's an unexpected business thing that was great that you, like you didn't think was gonna be that good uh, or surprised you? What's a personal thing that you did this year that you think is really great that maybe the team doesn't know about? And then what are some expectations of the team and of yourself for today and tomorrow? Like, what do you want to get out of it? And what you find when you have a leadership team of five, like we do is as you go around the room, number one, you learn stuff about people that you didn't know. And then number two is you get to expectations for today. You usually the same issues are going to crop up, um, in more than one person's list of things that need to get solved over the next couple of days. And that's really healthy. And it's good to have it all at the very outset of the two day meeting on the table, That everybody knows, okay, Brian thinks this thing is an issue. For me, maybe it is or maybe it's not. But this is something that Brian wants to get solved before we leave here and go back to the team. Next, we focus on what's called our three-year vision. And for us, this was a a new vision because we'd set our first one back in 2019, 2019. To run out at the end of 2022, and so then when we got back together at the end of 2022, we were recasting a vision for three years from now, a little bit different than um, than Vivid Vision by Cam Harold, but you know, kind of the same thing. So we do, of course, we talk about revenue and profit numbers, and we talk about the metrics that you would have to hit in order to get there. Like for us, how many clients would you need on on, on claim for LTD? How many cases would you need to handle for PI? And what would the average case value, average fee value for each vertical need to be in order to hit the revenue numbers that you're talking about? But really more than that, it's putting color and flesh on the skeleton of what you want your law firm to look like. So I'll just give you a couple of highlights from ours. By 2025, Brian only wants to focus on our largest and most important cases. And I want to focus on less than 10 annually. So right now I've got 35 uh, cases that I'm the primary lawyer on, I really want only want to have about 10. And it's going to need to be much smaller so that I can have a larger managerial and leadership role in the firm without working a second job. We want to continue to have a strong firm culture. One of the things that came out at our, um, at our company Christmas party, which is out at a winery and which we invited everybody's spouses to, was that the spouses were really, really impressed with how much our people liked working together, which I think tells you something about how much uh, they maybe like working with some of their coworkers. But we feel that we have a very strong culture and we want that to continue. Part of that culture is our leadership wants to be able to continue to support the outside the office dreams of the employees. We talked about how big the team needs to be to support our revenue goals. So we have 16 people now. We need to grow to at least 24 and probably more in order to um, to meet our new 3X goal. And that probably includes having some offshore virtual assistants or having more offshore virtual assistants. We, we got kind of granular on like we want a website visibility score to increase from where it is now to... Um, to an, a, another objective number. We want to have a really solid process for creating and maintaining our website's SEO. Uh, we want to create regular new referral relationships with providers, with other lawyers. And we want to increase our capacity and have intake capability outside of our core nine to five hours. So, you know, just like everybody else, we get phone calls at nights and on weekends, and I'm sure as hell not getting on the phone with anybody on a Saturday afternoon to discuss their auto accident case. But we probably, as we grow from where we are now to 3x where we are now, we probably are going to have to have somebody somewhere or a vendor whose job it is to do that. So that's an idea of like what the three-year picture looks like. And we want to have clarity on that. And we want to have it in a context that we could share it with the whole team. Because if the team, if your team doesn't know where you're trying to go, they can't help you get there. And as the CEO and leader of your organization, it's not your job to get there. Your job is to cast a compelling vision that makes people want to help you get to it. And so that that's really important is having a Having like I said, the flesh and the and the blood or and whatever else whatever else this metaphor involves on the skeleton so that you could tell it to your team so that you're creating a, a great vision that's an exciting place for them to work and an exciting place for them to tell their friends that they work. and so that's like the, that's the end of day one. Um, and then we had dinner together and then, and then we had a little bit too much wine together. Uh, and that was great. It was great. Uh, there actually was a meteor shower the night, um, the night of night one. Uh, and we were out uh, by a lake with almost no light pollution. So we spent too much time with our necks craned up at the sky, watching uh, a meteor rush by every three minutes or so. That was awesome. And we, we got to spend really quality time together that most teams don't get to. So the, being off-site and, and taking time away from the office where you're not working on cases during breaks, you're not answering emails at night, and actually spending time together is really, really important. You can tell the teams that do this that are going to be highly successful because they want to be together together even after the meeting is over. So I've been on teams where as soon as the meeting's over, like everybody has dinner and then you go to your room and you watch Netflix. Like from a a healthy team culture perspective, I don't think that's very good. And I appreciate, because I am an introvert, I appreciate wanting to be away and needing to decompress a little bit, but it's also really, really hard to build a business with people that you don't like hanging out with. Uh, the people that you wouldn't choose to hang out with outside of office hours. And so it's telling to me that our team stayed up way too late, um, kept opening bottles of wine late into the night, and had some had some great conversations about, you know, personally and professionally, like where we're going in the next three years. So that was, that was really cool. So the next morning, woke up, had breakfast together, kind of rehashed like, hey, let's look once more at this three-year picture and make sure that this is where we want to go and make sure that everybody's on board with that. Okay, are we? Cool. Now let's do. Um, let's focus on the one-year plan. What do we need to accomplish in the next year to get us a little bit closer to that? And for us, it's it's really about getting the structure right in the company at this point, and getting the right things in place so that our company isn't going to blow up as it grows. So Hiroshi Mikitani of uh, the CEO of Rakuten, has got this great line about threes and tens, like everything changes in your company and everything breaks down at three and 10. When you go from one person to three people, it changes. Three people to 10 people, it changes. 10 people to 30 people, it changes. And like all your systems break. And if you haven't prepared for the the number of additional like cogs on the relationship wheel that happen when you add 20 more people, you're really going to be in trouble. So for us, one of the important things to get um, clarity round is like actually creating salary and bonus structures in here. So it's easy as a small, as a small firm to freewheel and give people, you know, big raises one year, small raises the next, like have, um, have a kind of a willy nilly like bonus structure. Um, but it's easy when, when you've done that and you made promises to people over the, to separate people over separate years, like, you can wind up in a position where all of it implodes. Um, and so creating a real structure, and my wife who came over from an, uh, a company that had grown from 16 people to 80 people and then been acquired has, has a whole lot of experience with this. And so she's helping us set up actual structure and pay bands and things like that. Uh, another thing that we're focusing on this year is a multi-channel lead generation process, which is a, a fancy way of saying, we want to know where everybody came from all of our new clients came from, how they got to us, uh, and how much we paid for that lead source, be it SEO or pay-per-click or a referral source. Like We want to have a good, firm grasp around what our cost of acquisition of a client is. um, And that's a phrase that doesn't come out of most lawyers' mouths. So the evolution for us in in all of this stuff has been becoming better business people uh, alongside being better lawyers. and, And that includes attributing Cost to every client that comes in the door. Tracking what your average case value is, which I think most lawyers have a good sense of that. But you don't have a really good sense in in the vast majority of law firms of okay, my cases that come from referrals uh, from former clients generate X. My cases that are referrals from doctors generate Y. My cases that come from the internet and a crash that happened within the last 48 hours like those are pain in the ass clients those are smaller cases but the guys that have done some research and 6 months later they call us like those are really good cases with good clients and good injuries so getting really really focused on trying to figure that out and trying to find a software and a program that puts all of that stuff in one place and communicates with our current uh, current client management software is is an important task for us to knock out in 2023 uh, another one is we're we're totally refreshing and redesigning our intake process from what happens when somebody answers the phone to what kind of questions are we asking to what kind of a sales pitch are they getting and make no mistake like whenever you, as a lawyer you talk to a client, it's a sales pitch. I tell people all the time i don't I really don't care what your job title is. you're in sales like you're you're selling the fact that you can do the job. Uh, especially as a lawyer, you can do the job and you can do the job well, and you can do the job better and faster than the guy down the street. In a somewhat commoditized industry like personal injury where everybody charges about the same thing, like almost everybody charges a third of the result. Some people charge 35%, some people charge a third and it goes up to 40%. Some some guys go after low hanging fruit and they charge 25%. Frankly, we did that for a while. And I found that I couldn't staff cases well or very well at all at 25%. Um, but everybody's charging about the same thing. And so in in the initial consultation or the initial phone call with the client, when you really have no idea what the case is worth, and but you do know what the fee is going to be, the job is to communicate to them that, we're gonna do the best job for you, uh, a better job than anybody else in the area, and it's gonna be a better client experience. So our focus really is on client experience, uh, more than legal expertise. We are great lawyers, but how the hell would a client ever know? Um, it's kind of like like hiring hiring a realtor. Like my thesis with all of this is you would never know what happened behind door number two. Like if you hired me or hired somebody down the street, you would never know, could they have gotten you more money, less money for your case? Would it take it six months longer, six months faster? Um, and could you have done it on your own? You'll never know. So uh, we really want to focus on providing a an A1 client experience and not just the best experience that you can have in a law firm, but the best experience that you have in any business that you come into contact with, because that's how you get remembered and that's how you get referral cases from former clients. And then of course, after you have your one year plan, the next thing to do is the plan for what the hell you're going to do in the next 90 days to get you a little bit closer to accomplishment. So all of that is backtracking, uh, starting with the end in mind, starting with what do we want to, what do we want it to feel like more important than what do we want to achieve? Uh, Just a side note on that. like I I saw this um, as a TikTok actually talking about goal setting and um, talking about this process of um, write down the goal, number one. Okay, now write down how you will feel when you accomplish the goal, number two, and then write down number three, how long you think it'll take you to accomplish the goal. Put it away and then come back the next day. And, you know, really the goal is not the achievement of thing. Number one, the goal is the feeling. How will it feel when I achieve the thing? And then number three is like, how long am I willing (laughs) to put off having that feeling? And then when you think about it that way, like, all right, let me run at it a little bit faster. And so the goal is almost never the revenue or the profit goals in the law firm. They're at the top of the three-year plan. That's almost never it. The goal is like, I want to build a place where it doesn't feel like work when I come here. What does that mean? I wanna have great people who are working with me. I wanna have great clients and I wanna work on interesting stuff. Like if you've gotta be somewhere 40 hours a week or, or whatever hours you're putting into the business, like it may as well be as interesting as sitting on your couch watching TV. So that's that's really the goal for me and it's helpful to paint all of this stuff around the three-year picture to define where we're going and, and what it'll feel like when we get there. And then one of the great highlights for me of this year is I, I took off the uh, week between Christmas and new year's. And I've never been able to do that in my career. And I unplugged entirely when we were in Lake Anna for our retreat. And I've never really been able to do that in my career because I've, um, I've hired and trained a great team here who takes care of all of the stuff that is going on in the day-to-day handlings of the office. And so I've, I've said on this podcast before that this was the first year ever that we came into December, you know, cruising towards our annual revenue goal and we hit it in December and and we weren't scrambling to settle things and take discounts on fees to get the cases done because we were trying to hit revenue goals so that we could pay bonuses at the end of the year and so that we could have a cool holiday party. And it was just a really cool experience to not have to do all that shit this year. Um and here we are, I'm recording this on January 6th, Friday morning, and um, and I'm looking at our, our sheet and we are uh, sitting with pending fees that are like a third of our annual revenue goal for 2023, which is unbelievable. So in the last 30 days, my team has settled a $925,000 trucking case. We've settled an $850,000 pedestrian knockdown case, settled a $415,000 pedestrian case. Um, we've settled $390,000 hip fracture case, and we settled another $400,000 case. And all that stuff is just sitting there. And so it makes me think like, shit, man, we, maybe we set the goal a little bit too low for this year. And certainly we accounted for a lot of those uh, fees coming into the year, but um, when the goal is to have... Fun, and the goal is not necessarily more money. Then the more money comes. Uh, my friend uh, Clay Speakman, who's a Spartan racer, says it's like if the goal is is just to go out and have more fun than everybody else, then you're gonna win, and you're gonna be you're gonna have a great athletic performance because it's so easy in life to get beaten down by all of the shit that goes on. That if you can just have a smile and enjoy it. Then you're you're in the right space. So that's that would be my message to you. as we close this uh, episode up, is like uh, I'm back to Cameron Harold's vivid vision, which says, you know, craft your three year picture of what your life wants to look like. Don't worry about how you're going to get there. Don't really worry about what the achievements are. Focus almost entirely on what it's going to feel like, and then share it with people and you will get there. And so that's what we're doing with this podcast, telling you what I'm looking for, sharing it with you and and you guys, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, you're going to help me get there. So I appreciate you listening. If you got questions about this, reach out. I'm an open book, uh, easy enough to find me on LinkedIn or send me an email, uh, brian at benglasslaw.com. Always looking for guests, always looking for interesting people to talk to. Um, that's it for this one. We'll check you guys in a week. See ya. Hey, guys, if this kind of stuff resonates with you and you want to hear more from me and my friends, please subscribe. It would be also really helpful if you would leave us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to podcasts. Thanks a lot. and I'll see you next time.